1: Find a
0: location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us.
1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDSE.
0: And we have reached the unofficial midway point of the NHL season. The Flyers sit third place in Metropolitan, but that's not the big story this week. Let's get to talking about it right now. This is the Orange and Backcheck podcast with Bill Kornfeld and Scott Weinhardt. It is episode one sixty-eight, an absolute boatload of things to talk about. The Flyers are sitting in third place in the Metropolitan after fifty games played. We've reached the All-Star Game. The team is off for another week until next Tuesday, and man, the big story is Carter Hart. Uh, after being dis- asking, being accept- being allowed in, ex- uh, in a leave of absence. For personal matters, as they put it, the Flyers uh, allowed their star goalie to be let go and gone away. And then reports started to come in and play. other players started to get leaves of absences and mental health uh, absences. If you were Colin Dubey up in Calgary, and we'll talk about that. Dylan Dubé, uh, yeah. Uh, Dylan Dubé, sorry. That's okay. And the thing uh, has come about that officially Carter Hart will be charged with sexual assault stemming from the 2018, I believe it was in June uh, allegations that were brought up against hockey Canada and several members of the team uh, for sexual assault, obviously. And that will be official probably Monday when the London, Ontario police uh, will hold a press conference, but the team or excuse me, the police are expecting all five of these players to be, Surrendering to them or whatever you want to call it. uh, In in wake of these charges, obviously, we've gotten the normal spiel uh, from their lawyers saying we understand these allegations against us or or our client and we will defend them uh, and prove their innocence for these false accusations, yada, yada, yada. Um, Obviously, not a good look Uh, for Carter Hart. Not I think the Flyers have handled this as best they can. Uh, I'm very curious after Monday's press conference in London, um, what Gary Bettman will do, and we'll get into the, what the circumstances of that are. Um, but obviously, Scott, um, the Flyers are down a pretty big piece of their puzzle, and, and, I, and I don't know. It doesn't seem like this team and Danny Briere and, and Keith Jones and the like expected this until it really came to fruition, uh, stemming from the leave of absence, but. Uh, so I think they, I truly think they, up until probably this season, they had Carter Hart in their plans. Um, I would bet my life he has played his very last game, not just as a or as a Philadelphia Flyer, but also as an NHLer. Um, seemingly all with the other players. We'll see what happens. Obviously, um, what happens after the investigation, after the trial but your thoughts what this it's a big piece missing um but obviously what are your um thoughts here as we try to move forward uh without Carter Hart um you know
1: this is the intersection of sports and real life that's the hard part to talk about if I'm looking at this as a fan it's terrible if I'm looking at this as a human being it's worse um it it really is a shame now we're 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 at a we're at a part in this whole situation where everyone has kind of politicized it uh and what i mean by that is listen at the end of the day you're innocent until proven guilty now you you don't get brought into the police station and asked to surrender if there's no you know good evidence or anything along those lines so where there's smoke there's fire that's legit my my thing is this: is that these 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 things can be mutually exclusive. You know, you you can say, "Oh my God, this guy's a scumbag! I can't believe he would do that," and also say, "Like, well, you you got to give the process play out." And that's the part that I think people forget about this. Yes, there are five players named Carter Hart is one of them. Um, you start putting puzzle pieces together and work your way backwards, and you kind of realize why he wasn't traded over the summer. Uh, why extensions you know haven't been discussed at this point yet um i don't know if it's his last game in the nhl we'll have to see but where i have to say people need to chill is yes these charges are egregious and if you've read any into the details of some of the things that happened during this situation there are things out there that you can read um it's 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 horrible it's just it's it's inhumane like these players that supposedly treated this woman like a piece of meat and, and kind of coerced her into, you know, the saying yes. And, you know, it's uh, well, one player was, you know, asking her on Instagram, please don't do this. Please don't go to the police, all this stuff, like trying to look out for themselves. Well, you weren't looking out for her when her interests weren't at best. So why should she look out for yours? um, it was also six years ago, and it was a long time ago. That doesn't that that doesn't lessen anything that happened. Don't get me wrong. Um, but at the same time, I think the issue is is that people we tend to have in our in our society today, where people make a mistake and one mistake, and just in a and they're they're banished for life. I'm not saying that that's right. I'm not saying that it's wrong. And I'm not, we're relating it to this case. I'm trying to I guess not so much play this safe, but you just kinda had to let the thing settle out on its own. We kinda see everything coming out now with Carter Hart being a surrender. He was cleared a couple years ago. Uh now he's now he's back in it again for whatever reason. When they have an update and the investigation comes out, we can make more then. Um I just would ask people to be a little human in this case. Because look, I mean not all the facts have been presented yet. Not saying that they're wrong. Not everything is, you're you're innocent until proven guilty. And we have to stop with this whole thing of being guilty until proven innocent. Um, And that's the whole thing I really have to say about it. Like at the end of the day, the Carter Hart is off of any customized jersey you can get at NHL.com. So you can't get anything with, with the Flyers logo and Carter Hart's name on it. They took it off the website, uh, off the shopping website. Um, He's still technically a part of the team, um, but I think that the Flyers were preparing for this. I think if you're looking at it from a team perspective, we have to go worst case scenario. And it kind of makes sense now while Sam Gerson was kind of getting more starts and we could talk the hockey portion in a little bit. But if you're looking at this, this is a really big story for the NHL. This is a really big black eye for them. It's a big black eye for, you know, Hockey Canada. Um, it's not great for the game. It's not, and it's a shame that this had to happen to a young woman um, because of you know how young players can act, and this is something that unfortunately is out there in hockey culture. It has been in the past, you know. I, I you know, just as a as a as a brief thing, I'll be honest with you. I, I know someone, I know someone like personally who has been uh, a a victim of of being, you know, let's say I wouldn't say, it's not sexual assault, but they are a victim of, you know, having to deal with that side of the hockey culture. Uh someone I know specifically was hit on very very hard at a bar uh by a former flyer uh named Nolan Patrick. And he wouldn't stop and finally this person I know, she just flat out rejected him. And he got really pissed off about it. And he wasn't the only one there. There were bigger names there. And one of them was being, as it was put to me, quote unquote, nice. But, uh, you know, he he was in a relationship at the time. Um, That one was Jay Forchek. So, I mean, I don't, you know, it was a couple years ago. But at the same time, the point is, is that that's kind of the culture. The guys have that ego problem. They are, you know, feel like they can pick up any woman they want. Not only are these guys professional athletes and competitive when it comes to women, it's the same thing. You know what I mean? They think they can pick up any woman because they have looks, they have money, they think they can do anything they want, but they don't get what they want. You know, it, it, that primal thing that happens it, to men, I guess it, it just, it gets worse. Um, it's, it's really a shame. And it, it, the point is, is that it sucks for Carter Hart. It sucks for this woman. It sucks for the NHL. It sucks for the Flyers. It sucks for everybody. But I have to say this, if the charges come out and everything is true, then I don't think Carter should not play another game in the NHL. You shouldn't get that privilege. You had a platform here. You knew you were on your, on your way and you decided to abuse it. Um, and it would probably be a really good thing if that happens in a sense where someone takes a stand and says, you know what? No, we're not going to sign you. We're not going to. I don't we don't care how talented you are. You cannot act like this person. And it's not about shunning them for the rest of their lives. It's more of stopping this in the future from happening. Because, as I said, I know someone personally where this kind of thing happens. Athletes have a you know predisposition to seem like this happens a lot to athletes in this in these situations. And just because you have a name and you have a talent and you play for a professional franchise, doesn't give you any right to act in this specific way and at the end of the day i hope that this will end that type of culture that that happens out out there it's a shame
0: the problem i have with all this is the fact that this started in 2018 the the event Mm -hmm. then we had a seemingly preliminary investigation whereas you as you put it they, they were seemingly cleared and whatever happened and then they Hockey Canada and London, Ontario Police met and then London, Ontario Police were like, no, we're reopening this and this is where we are today. So, between 2018 and today in 2024, we have waited that amount of time to get names out to figure out what is going on. Then it's reported that we might not have a trial until 2026 and I was talking about this on a Twitter space over on the Hockey Podcast Network. Like, there's no the the fact that we won't get answers quickly and maybe we don't deserve answers quickly like this is a long drawn out process but we might legitimately we may not be getting answers to this until 2027 mm-hmm. so like it, it's so painful uh to try and get answers to whether this per these people are guilty or innocent the fact that they are not we won't know that for what might be another three years, two or three years. He's mind boggling to me. I cannot wrap my head around it because it's Canadian law, and I know it's very, it's pretty similar to American law. And as you as you put it, innocent until proven guilty. But the league has an obligation to protect itself. uh, to 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 many instances, and and this is more of an indictment against Hockey Canada than the NHL. The NHL was kind of like deferring everything to whatever this investigation was going to be. And now that it's in our hand out in the open or getting more and more reported out in the open, we'll get more answers on next Monday, the fifth from London, Ontario. I anticipate all five of these players, well, four, four, because it's four NHL players um, to be suspended indefinitely after Monday's press conference. Um, And then after that, we'll see what happens. And we're talking again, two or three years where they are not going to be actively playing NHL hockey or hockey in any capacity, for that matter, um, it's not going to be easy uh, to figure this out. And maybe that's what they deserve. They don't deserve to figure this out until uh, uh, for a long period of time because of the pain and suffering that they caused the victim. And um, I, I don't. I, 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 maybe it's the male ego. Like you were saying, I just can't put myself in the position of this, and it's very tough. But Gary Bettman is now because he now has the position to figure this out, um, in terms of protecting the league. He has to act quickly, and he really only had. He, according to the CBA and uh, and the Athletic, he has three options. He can expel and suspend the players indefinitely or definitive period of time. That's an obvious thing that I think we're going to see. Mm-hmm. Canceling the con- and, and they would be under contract or they would still be paid under that scenario, for, for my understanding. They can but he can also cancel any contract the players had with the NHL Club and he can impose a fine. I really think we might be seeing at least two of those. Uh, the team also has the option to suspend the, the uh or terminate the contract. We saw that earlier this season um with the Chicago Blackhawks situation, um Corey with Corey Perry. Yeah. Um being I think their conduct detrimental to the team was the lingo, something like that. And I have a um, Mike
1: Richards too, a couple years ago at yep. the Kings.
0: Yeah, he was caught with uh, a controlled substance. Or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah up, up, up at the border. Yeah, uh, ironic because. Oh, by the way, this was. I, I don't
1: know if it was meth, but I'm just saying. It was It was, yeah. contro- it was
0: a controlled substance. Tra- yeah, thank you. Um, speaking of bike riders, because he was at the alumni game. Um, it was shown before the, uh or I I saw tweets about it. To your point about NHL.com, you can't go get anything Carter Hart. There's nothing Carter Hart at the Wells Fargo Center. It's all been stripped. Um. And this was prior to the timing of this recording when they announced wow. that he was charged with sexual assault. Yeah. So, so they the, knew as, they they had they knew, they knew, they, knew
1: a, they knew what was going on in the background. They knew it could come up. They knew which is why they had been trade talk, talk. All this stuff is starting to make sense now. It really is. And you know, you and I kind of speculated that a little bit over the summer, and
0: hopefully yeah, it wasn't
1: the case. And you know, you don't want to speculate, but you well, never
0: as, want to speculate in yeah. terms of not only is it because it's one of your guys quote unquote it's one of your favorite it's one of your team's players that you are projecting into a horrible situation it's
1: your franchise uh, player dude it's yeah. your franchise player so
0: like, it, it like you said it's tough because it's the intersection of real life and sports and like it's tough to tread that line and discuss that line without um sounding
1: well you're pissed straight up yeah. like Okay, no filter, because you're, you're, you're going to piss people off. You're not going to make yeah. everybody happy with it.
0: Someone's upset right now listening to percent. Somebody
1: probably this. has already turned us off saying, oh, yeah, these guys are just going to play the somber card. Like, no, there's a legitimate actual point that I made first. But the actual point is, is people are going to be pissed off no matter what. They're going to be pissed off if the fact that people want to say, oh, yeah, yeah, have been a guilty. Oh, no, he's a scumbag. I wouldn't do that. Like, they're always going to be that. That's what I'm saying. This whole thing has been politicized. And and this is this is the part of what people need to take a step back from. Not everything is an argument, okay? They, they You can at the same time say, hey, look, this guy is being accused of doing something really bad, but they need to prove it at the same time. And that's the thing is that, and I'm not saying that he didn't. That, that That's what people need to, oh, you're twisting words. No, like you have to understand there is due process here. There, there is a fairness that has to happen here because it could be something where the big one here is, Player number one or whatever it was, that's the egregious one. That's what I'm curious to see is who was the who was the big one by reason behind this? Like, if Carter Hart saying I had nothing to do with this. Like, you know, maybe I, it could have been something. This could be something. And this is what people can't misconstrue. He could have been withholding information, being aware with something and going to bat for his yep. buddies. And that could be the reason why he's in trouble. You never yeah, think of but it but from that perspective. Char- but
0: he's been charged with sexual assault. Like, that's the charge against him. Correct.
1: So. Correct, but that's also the same point. You knew about it. You didn't say anything about it. In some instances, the way the law that apply, I'm not a lawyer, but some ways in the law that apply, if you don't take action against something like that, you can be found guilty of something. So I I don't know how provincial law works. I don't know how the laws really vary from the United States to Canada. I will be perfectly clear about that. But at, at the same time, people have to understand, you cannot, you cannot, Give someone just say that they're a complete scumbag, and this is what they do until until the, until the charges are actually proven that it's the case yeah. and yes it's, it's easy for me to say that as a guy, and I, this is the blunt part I say I'm not a woman okay I've never been sexually assaulted. I know that it's a traumatic experience for a woman. I know it is I mean it doesn't take an idiot to see that it doesn't take, you know, I don't need to be a female to know that it's traumatic for someone at this poor woman went through a traumatic experience with, with five guys, and, and, and they should be prosecuted if they really did this and you know everything. This isn't you know victim shaming, nothing. If she had a case, she did the right thing absolutely by going to the police, them doing an investigation. Can we question how long the investigation went? Yes. Can we question the way it progressed? Yes. Can we, have, can we question the fact that it found out that Hockey Canada had a slush fund to make these kind of things go away, not to tarnish their image? Yes, we can question that because that became the main focus for a while. But at the end of the day, it all comes down to this. It is justice for the victim. Okay? If if this is where these if these facts are proven where these players are guilty, then they should face the consequences. If it turns out that these players are found not guilty, then people can't go around and say, Oh, he was accused of it. It doesn't matter. It was a combo, whatever. If they're found not guilty, not they're not guilty. That's in a court of law. That's how it works. You're guilty or you're not guilty. And if you have a jury of your peers doing that and saying that you're guilty or not guilty, I mean, for crying out loud, let's go back to 1995 and the most controversial jury case of all time in O.J. Simpson. I mean, listen, you want to talk about the evidence being clear? The evidence is pretty clear. okay. Uh, At the same time, he was found not guilty. So guess what? You may think, you may have your opinion, but in a court of law, he was found not guilty, and that's what you have to go with. The only thing that's important here, though, despite all of that, instead of talking about, uh, you know, he's a scumbag, or we have to see how it plays out, let's not focus about the five players that did something. Let's focus on the woman getting justice if this is something that did happen to her. And that's what you start thinking about. Start thinking about that. Don't be the guys going back and forth and politicizing it. At the end of the day, they they did something wrong and that woman brought them to justice. Then God damn it. <laughs> throw their asses in jail and throw away the key for that nonsense. That's no, all I got to say about that.
0: No, you're right. And uh I mean, there's not much more to say about it. Uh The team's going to move forward. Uh They're on this five game slide right now. They are trying to dig their way out of it. John Torello says, um, the players have to figure it out. I can only do so much. The player, the staff can only do so much. Um, So I think the break is here at the right time. Obviously, Travis Connecting he's had. Where is even the All-Star game this year? Like, this is one of those things like nobody gives a shit uh, about. It, it's, it's almost like the Winter Classic before the Winter Classic. No one gives a shit about the uh, All-Star break anymore or the All-Star game anymore. It it's a, it's such a pompous
1: Toronto. area.
0: Oh, well, it's the most eventful thing that will happen in Toronto uh, this the season. Uh,
1: they host the Maple Leafs, huh?
0: Uh, the Maple That's Leafs right.
1: are hosting. Great, wonderful. Yeah. When's he gonna come back to Philadelphia, man? Like,
0: I would Dude, go to that. You know what's funny? They were supposed to bring everything to Philadelphia in 2026 because it's the what 250th uh, anniversary of declaring independence yeah, from yeah, England yeah, for the yeah, United yeah. States. Yeah. So, like, they're obviously bringing uh, the All Star Game this year uh, or that year to to Citizens Bank Park. Um, the rumor was they were going to bring the NBA All-Star game. That's now not happening. I imagine they're not bringing the NHL All-Star game. If they do, if they haven't announced anything, I hope they do. Um, especially now that the Wells Fargo Center has been revamped. Like the the seating is nice. It's it's yeah. not a great arena, but it's certainly improved from what it was mm-hmm. uh, five or six years ago. Um, so, yeah, I definitely would love to see it come back. I mean. I say that knowing full well that I don't give a crap about the All Star Game, but it's always fun when those events come. Well, they right, usually have some. Right. They usually have some free, f- cool, free stuff um, for all the fans to do around the arena, not necessarily have to have a ticket. Uh, the NFL, NFL drafted it a couple years ago when they were on the on the the park Yeah. So yeah, I'm all for these events. I might not like them, but if you bring them into the city, hell yeah, I'll attend something.
1: Well, think just of to it, enjoy. It. Think it
0: this way: we we. As
1: fans in Philadelphia, we get to see players like Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, you know, and some of the bigger names out west. Like, we get to see them once a year. Like, if that, if that. So this is an opportunity to get all the all-stars together and all the best players in one place and watch their skills. And that that's what I would go for. Yeah, the spectacle as a whole I'm not a fan of and the way they market it. Yeah. But going and saying, hey, you know what? I got a chance to see Drysettle and, and McDavid play online with, you know, Sidney Crosby. And that would be a pretty cool sight to see. I'm not, i yeah, I know it doesn't really work like that, but I'm just throwing it out there. Like, it's cool to see, wow, Nathan McKinnon and, you know, and, and, uh, and Leon Drysettle and, and Conor McDavid. You can't even see that during the Olympics because they're, you know, they're well, Leon so I think, from Germany. So, um, that's the, that's the cool thing. Some of those inter-conference things you get to see, you get to see those guys play together it's just to, how much skill they have. It's just it's fun. And that's yeah. that's why those events can be well, they have not, locally.
0: I just looked it up. They have not announced what the location of the 2026 NHL All-Star game will be, so maybe there's hope. Maybe, um because it's certainly not a, I, I know they it's not coming to Philly. I cannot remember where they announced it. I think it might have been Milwaukee for the NBA All-Star game. Like who wants to go to Milwaukee? Uh April? Milwaukee's a
1: pretty awesome city. I'm not gonna lie. I'll take
0: your word for it. I've been, there. been there.
1: Milwaukee's pretty dope. It's yeah. um there's uh uh, the, uh, what's cool about Milwaukee is that it kind of shuts down on the weekends, meaning like it's not like a packed city like Philadelphia. So there's not cars and a lot of traffic. Uh, it's okay. very walkable. Um, when I went there, there was a, there was a St. Uh, was it only was St. Patty's? There was some sort of a uh, festival that was going on and there was a bunch of people there and stuff. But I mean, like, dude, like. You you go on, like, the main drag, like, to the arena, and you go down one street, and there's, like, a strip club there. Like, it, it's seriously, like, party <laughs> central down near the arena. And, like, you're walking right along, like, the river and all these – dude, it's it's a really, really nice city. I, I, I recommend it if you get a chance. It's just a cool place to go check out. And then there's a really good restaurant called Moe's, a place for steaks. So it's a really good spot
0: um so getting back to where we uh are at the midway uh, unofficial midway point i mean we've played 50 games so we're beyond we only have 30 i can't believe we only have 32 games left uh of philadelphia flyers hockey plus playoffs if they make it um they sit in third place in the metropolitan on a five game skid thankfully they because of the win streaks and the winning that they've been doing since october they they've built themselves a little bit of padding here separating them and the islanders uh because they're the next contender there's a lot of action going on in the in the Atlantic They're, they hold two of the wild card the two wild card spots in addition to obviously their top three um I am getting a little nervous I especially with the circumstances around Carter Hart uh Sam Erson is really struggling like you said you gotta wait to see give him a full couple of a season season and a half couple seasons um I don't think he's a number one but that might be just knee-jerk reaction um We'll see what happens, but it's nice that we know, have these paddings and this win to lean back on these this early winning to lean back on, but um this is gonna take as as John Torrell has put it, this team has balls, and they're gonna have to put in some uh, put in some effort to figure out this uh losing skit here at five games, which is always tough um but they seemed at the at towards the end, especially against Detroit just a team that was exhausted, just trying to get to the finish. Um, up for the All Star break, and that's where we sit. Yeah, and, yeah.
1: So the way I look at this is like, for instance, like they're they're not on a tear like Edmonton is right now, who's won sixteen in a row. Um, they're just ridiculous yeah. on fire right now. I mean, they have the same amount of. Let's it see had-
0: if they win sixteen between April and. Oh June, my well.
1: god! Yeah, right, right. That's the key. But here is why I am not nervous. Everybody's been freaking out this week. First of all, I want to take a step back because we haven't really addressed it since we talked to uh, the Beezer last week. Everybody got really, really hyped up after that Dallas game. Yeah, really hyped oh, up. Yeah. They got too hyped up. And it's one of those things where I believe our buddy, uh, Anthony Sanfilippo, even said that they're contenders in, in one of his articles. I, I I, respect the thought of that. I really do. I respect the thought that this team is you think this team is a contender. But what have I been saying all along, Bill? Pump the brakes. Okay. Yeah. This is the ebbs and flows of a season. We we enjoy it when we're high when they're high and now they're not, okay? But and they're not playing well right now. They're not. They're struggling to find offense, and part of that is because Owen Tippett is out. And I don't think yep. we realize how important he is to this team. Because That's why you signed him to an eight-year deal, correct? Which is a way to go, huge Owen. Huge deal. And I'll tell you, the Ryan Paling deal is a really, really underrated move too, because that really solidifies the grit on your fourth line. And Ryan Paling is a former first-round pick, so I mean, it's not like he doesn't have talent there. It's just he's he's playing in a role. Which, which, which satisfy with you know, which is which is good for him at this level. Despite that, my point is that everybody just needs to kind of relax. Everybody's freaking out. Man, they look pretty rough the past five games. This team has played a lot of games. They have played the most games of anybody in the Eastern Conference so far, besides Tampa. They played fifty games. Everybody else has not hit fifty games yet. They have, they know, they they're towards the end of the season. This will actually benefit them because they'll get a little bit of rest down the line when teams are really starting to get up against it. The good thing is, right now, is the Flyers actually pick the fir- a perfect time to get cold, they pick the perfect time, because right now you're in the doldrums of the season. Right now, you're in going in the month of February, which teams start to transition over to playoff hockey, and the Flyers are really going to have to find a way to really start the especially the younger guys. They're going to have to find a way to uh, really like buck up and, and, and really use those balls, and they're going to start learning how to grind games out and getting grittier goals. So for instance, the benefit of being cold right now is that the teams that are following them are also pretty cold right now. So it's not just the Flyers. If you look at the Rangers, you know, the Flyers believe it or not even though they lost 5 in a row, are 5 and 5 in their last 10. Yeah. So they're 5 and 5. 500 hockey at that point it's not bad, you know. They have a minus 1 goal differential for the year. You look at a team like the Rangers, who have a plus 19 goal differential, they're 4 5 and 1. Yeah, I'd be a little more panicky about that, figure out what I'm doing at the trade deadline. The Flyers are still rebuilding. They're still looking to sell at the deadline. So, I mean, that's only going to help them out further down the line. But teams like, okay, the Maple Leafs, yes, they've won three in a row, but they've also been 5-4-1 in that stretch. The hottest team right now is Detroit. They're 7-2-1. They've won two in a row. But the Islanders are cold. They're 2-6-2, all right? The Penguins are 4-3-3. The Devils are 3-6-1. The Capitals are 4-5-1. And listen, they are the other teams you really don't have to worry about at this point, Montreal, Ottawa, and Columbus, because they're way down in the basement. Um, Ottawa could catch up. I mean, I'm sorry, Ottawa's not going to make it. They're only at 40 points. Montreal has a chance, but even so, they're 3-4-3 and 3 in their last 10. So when you look at it, the hottest team right now, besides Detroit, is the Hurricanes, and they're already five points above the Flyers. So you're not really aiming for them. They're in a race with the Rangers. So really right now, you're in a competition with – Trying to maintain between third and a wild card spot, and you're in a good spot right now, because granted, okay, you, you have four points up on the islanders, so you know you, you don't have to worry about wild card points yet. you really have to fend off the islanders and the penguins, which are the penguins are five points back, and so are the devils, and so are the casts. So you have a couple games in hand there there. the penguins have only played 46 games, so they have a couple games in hand which could catch up to the flyers quickly and hurt them, but they're four, three and three. So, I mean, again, yeah, they bagged a couple points, but then they've been also really consistent as well. I I don't think people need to be nervous. It sucks right now. This is part of the ups and downs of a season. You got to take it for what it's worth and just understand is that everything
0: will be fine. Don't stress about it. And what will hopefully improve, continue to improve this team is. Is the power play, and we'll talk about that, especially now that Jamie Drysdale has really established himself as the anchor and the quarterback for the power play. But first, as always, this episode of Orange Back Check is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Are you looking for a super offer for Super Bowl Fifty Eight? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn five bucks into two hundred instantly in bonus bets. All I know is that whenever you see Patrick Holmes, the underdog, you take him. Plus two, plus two and a half, I've seen it on DraftKings. It's lean back towards two. Bet on it now while you can. Patrick Holmes as the underdog is always money. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with promo code THPN. The crown is yours. Gram- gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467- 369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Boyd in Ontario, bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources real quick question for you scott are you excited for super bowl 58 uh are you the the taylor swift versus uh, well was i was i was hoping for taylor swift versus m M&M m super bowl detroit and uh kansas city that would have been a lot of fun you're you're on mute come on unmute yourself are, are just they... because i'm do- just because i'm doing an ad read doesn't mean you have to mute yourself
1: are they are they are they doing the halftime show no it's usher oh, oh okay all right no, I'm not looking forward to it then. Really? Dude. Of course I'm looking forward
0: to it. To be fair, world. the last time we had San Francisco versus Kansas City as the It Super was Bowl. an exciting Super Bowl. It was a great Super Bowl, then two months later the world shut down.
1: And we were in a presidential election that year.
0: And it was a presidential election Shit. between the two same people. Oh,
1: God. Still so the world's going to shut down is, again. not probably. looking good. Uh, we're not looking good yeah, Everybody get
0: your Zoom cameras ready. We're going back. We're going back to, to, to working from home again. Yeah, all you people that are on hybrid. Are you on a hybrid? I'm 100% remote still. Are, I, I, not I am
1: 100% in office, but I oh. travel a lot. I prefer oh. that.
0: Listen, I know that's an
1: argument between a lot of people. I cannot stay at home all day and work. I can do it every once. Once in a while,
0: I cannot be fully remote. I can't. I just, I well, that I that's because you have two monster children that are probably distracting. you. Well, even you if they're it. at
1: school, even I just don't have, I don't have <laughs> the same concentration in my office. I have a dual screen. I have a lot that goes on and all that stuff. Like my mind stays in it all day at that's home. Fair. I just, that's and I, I'm, the, I'm not one of those anti-productive people. It's just like, I feel like I'm more, more productive in the office.
0: See that I think that's very rare, especially for an, you're a millennial, like for millennials and Gen Zers, we feel what I feel like you're, we're all the opposite of what you're. But you're, you're the uh, uh, outlier. I'm old I mean, school. Our, yeah,
1: I'm not gonna know. lie. I'm not lying. I'm I'm old school. I prefer to be in an office interacting with people. I don't like sitting behind a computer all day, not interacting. That's just not my, hmm. not my thing.
0: That's fair. Uh, all right. So the Flyers power play, one of the worst in the NHL, or if not, I think they are ranked 32nd. No, they're 30th. Yeah. Oh, wow. We're 30th. Oh, bust out the parade on Broadway, Broad Street, whatever Broadway. the road. What the are we in New York? My God, yeah, I don't know. Hey, I was just up in New York seeing my my cousin on Broadway, so that's why I'm getting confused. <laughs> there you go. Um, All, right. All right. Anyway, so we're thir- they're thirtieth in the league. Uh, they've been as low as thirty second. I know at like twelve percent. Uh, so it's been it's been it's been a struggle. Like I, I, the the consistent thing I have said, uh, for this team is that if they had even a respectable power play. 20th to 15th uh in the ranking if they were to get it up to that point they would be winning a lot even more games they might they might still be on this five game losing streak we're looking at going into this break but they would be winning some games here jamie drysdale seemingly has established himself as the quarterback for this power play and i know you've been wanting to talk about this so i'll turn it over to you is jamie drysdale the savior of the Flyers' power play.
1: I wouldn't say the savior per se, but he adds an element that the Flyers didn't have before, and that's the lateral ability to move across the blue line, and also he's a good puck-moving defenseman. You know, I know we talked about the whole Cutter-Gauthier thing and people being upset about that. I don't think they realized the talent that they needed back that they were missing. I would attribute this very similar to when the Flyers brought in Eric Desjardins back in 1995. Um, I'm not saying that he's at that level, but he has the potential to be that type of player. Where Eric Desjardins is a really good power play quarterback, a point from the, a point producer from the back end. Um, what I like about Jamie Drysdale is he gives the Flyers a different look. Okay, now in the two games before they got Jamie Drysdale, they scored two power play goals. That's including the night that they traded for him. Since they've acquired Jamie Drysdale, they have seven power play goals in the last ten games. Okay. Uh, only three games so far. There was one game against Ottawa where they lost. They had two power play goals, both by Igor Rasamula, but um that's that's besides the, the point. Um the I don't think it was maybe it was both Igor Rasamula, but I know he had one of them. Um the whole thing is is that the Flyers, it's starting to, to work a little bit. I I'm trying to figure out the stats of how many they are for. Um, but they have they have power plays that they have and had an opportunity to do a little, little more with. I mean, they have they have a good chance here to really. How should I say? Is that if that they have power play, important power play opportunities. Like for instance, they're going, they're getting better in a sense. Where like you know, they went uh, one for one against Montreal a few weeks ago when that I first came over to Drysdale, and they went one for two, one for three, then zero for three, then one for two, zero for two. So they they had they've had chances there against Detroit it was really bad. They went zero for four, and then Boston they went zero for three, but. You're, you're starting to convert more. If you take this percentage, you're like 33%, 66%, you know what I mean? Like, you know, at 50%. You're starting to get more of a clip there. I think what people are overlooking, though, is because they're so focused on the power play is that nobody realizes that the Flyers are second in the league in the penalty yeah. kill. They're yeah, second they're very good. in the league yeah. in the penalty kill. And ultimately, ultimately, that is what wins you games. Because at the end of the day, If you want to go back and look at, I think it was the 2011 Boston Bruins. Now, I'm not saying this team's going to win the Stanley Cup, so all you people saying there about you know my point, (laughs) shut up, it's not 2011 with it. So in the playoffs, if I remember this correctly, um, I think, um, see if I have power play. I'm pretty sure um, they didn't score a single power play goal the entire playoffs. Um, Boston, let me see here. Hang on one second. 2010, 2011, uh, the Boston Bruins. Yeah, I don't have that information here, right here. Um, but still I have to double check it. Uh, 2010, 11 Bruins. They were 11.4% on the power play for a while there. They didn't even have one. Um, so that's the thing is that they didn't have a great power play. And they still won the Stanley Cup. And I don't think they had a good power play all season long. Um, So that's the key is that you're second in the penalty kill, though. So let's see. Bruins, 2011 playoffs, penalty kill. Um, It was at 81 penalty kills in the 2011 playoffs. Parent penalty kill was 84.4%. Power play was 11.4%. If you look at the Flyers now, they're 85.9%. All right. So you, you have a very high penalty kill and you have very low power play. Kind of counterbalances. You you're not scoring the goals, but you're not giving them up either. So yep. really like I what wins you games is your defense. Like this is a team where you get into close games, like John Van Biesberg talked about last week. This team feels like they can win the tight games. And they have. They've kind of battled back, they'll be fine. But Jamie Drysdale adds a different element on the power play where now you're starting to see the power play starting to come into form a little bit. And now when Owen Tippett comes back and it's healthy again and they have a full lineup, I think you're going to start seeing this team produce more in the power play. So while the overall season number is bad, they had to drevel two months there. If you look in the last 10 games, I mean, they're running like 30%. That's that's pretty good. So that's, that's a top and that's near the highest in the league it would be. Um, so that's what you have to. That's what you have to look at overall. And when a guy like Nick Sealer is plus fifteen, you're doing something right. Yeah. So uh, I think that people need to take a step back and and look more of where they've gotten better rather than not where they're not performing yet. And I think yeah, and I the think the
0: power thing. play is a is a indictment on the lack of talent that they truly have. Um, Owen Tippett's obviously hurt, so they're missing that. Um, Even Travis Konechny and, and Scott Lawton, or Scott Lawton more particularly, has had a very down year. Not down year, but he's not producing what he was last year. Um, Travis Konechny, we've always been waiting, I feel, for him to get going on the power play. Um, I mean, he's very good on the penalty the penalty kill. Like you were saying, I mean, he has several I, I've been short-handed saying goals.
1: Travis since they signed that contract. You go back on yeah. the episodes. I've been saying Travis connecting is producing the power play since he signed that fucking contract. Oh, sorry, yeah. my French I didn't mean to, to, to slip that out there, <laughs> it's but it's the truth.
0: It. So I'm very curious. I'm excited. I, like I said, I may be nervous right now, but that could change very quickly. Uh, when they come back here on Tuesday, um, and get things going again as they take on um, who is it? Florida. Uh, yeah, yes, it's Florida. Lar- yes. Th- 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 so, and then you got the Stadium Series. Uh, uh, a week from uh, the the Saturday, they come back. So it, it, that comes around very quickly. So that is obviously a big game, especially because you want to not just the Islanders. You kind of need to keep the the Devils at bay. Um, they're having a disappointing season, but they can turn it around very very quickly. So we'll see what happens. But um, I think, like we said at our pre uh, preseason show. We anticipate this team to probably be a wild card contender. So, like, if they're knocked out of the top three and they make a wild card, they're still in the playoffs. Right. Anything can happen after that point. So, it's going to be a lot of fun. Let's not
1: get ahead of ourselves. All right. Listen, it's a little bit of a harder road there now. Like, like,
0: very. Especially with how the playoffs work. Not even the playoffs. No, it's Sam
1: Erson. Like, Sam Erson is your wild card here. Like, Like, we have to. Listen, I'm not going backtracking on the Carter Hart thing, but you don't have Carter Hart. I mean, now you have Sam Erson. You have to have Sam Erson. and Cal Peterson has really got to step it up. And I'm, it's really Cal smart. Peterson the Flyers stinks. went ahead and got him. Now, like that makes makes more sense it, of why they were paid for him.
0: Yeah, but Cal Peterson's not a a great number two right now. Honestly, what you should be hoping is that the people up in uh, the the over in in Russia. Give you back Ivan Fedotov for next year. That's that's like, and that's just wishful thinking. That's just me talking as a fan because they don't have a real backup anymore. They had one in Sam Erson. Now Sam's the guy. Yeah. So let me ask. That's, you know, I don't think Cal Peterson's very good.
1: Listen, Cal Peterson, there's a reason why Cal Peterson was buried in the minors and why the Flyers took up his contract and why I basically. L.A. said, here, take him, and we'll give you guys to take him. We did a Shane Goss spare, basically. At the same time, what people don't realize is that, like what John Van Bees were talking about, you, you, you need a veteran behind a young goaltender. You remember what he talked about with Brian Boucher? Like, oh, I needed you, I needed you, Bees, I needed you. You needed. You need a guy behind him who's been through it. Cal Peterson's enough of a veteran; he's been through it, so he gets it. You need that. He needs that. He needs to rely on that. They're gonna ride him. He's gonna earn it. They view him as 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 a, as a starting caliber goaltender. Go out and prove it. When Urson's not getting a lot of shots, he's a volume goaltender. When he's not getting a lot of shots, he gets beat. But when he's playing well and he's on top of it and he's he's getting a lot of shots. As long as the defense isn't letting him hang out the drive like they did against Boston, he's pretty good. And after, he didn't get pulled in Boston because he played bad. He, the team wasn't responding. And, and, and you could see Tortorella doing that. When I saw him and they gave it the fourth goal, i like, you got to pull him. You got to pull him at this point. The team's got to respond. But this is it's not all about the goaltending. It's about the team. But you need your goaltender to make a save. Urson does in the right spots at the right times, makes the good saves. But at the same time, the endurance factor is going to be what's going to be questioning here. Cal Peterson's going to get some starts here, which is good. It'll give him relief. It also gives him a little bit of work, too, because guess what happens? If Sam Erson goes down, Cal Peterson's the guy. So Peterson's got to stay sharp and be, some, be fresh. So, yeah. Bill, I'm going to add one more thing before we wrap up. Just a little quick math here. okay? How many power play opportunities have the Flyers had
0: all season long? 75. No.
1: Want to try double that? 157 jeez how many goals have they scored
0: oh i think it's like 13 they've scored
1: 21 goals yeah they've scored 21 goals on 157 opportunities now you want to add in how many opportunities they've had the last 10 games they've scored seven goals they've had 28 power play opportunities the last 10 games and they've scored seven goals you want to do a little math for me bill
0: Seven divided by 28 is 15 percent, 25 percent, 25. Yeah,
1: They're 25 percent on the power play as of the last 10 games, 25 percent, uh, a third so of a third of their goals on the power play of the season have come in the last 10 games. So let's see if you look at the NHL power play uh, percentages. The highest percentage of power play in the league right now is the Tampa Bay Lightning at 29.94%. It was right here the whole damn time, and I missed it. 47 uh, power play goals on 157 opportunities, same opportunities as the Flyers. Flyers have scored less than half of the goals, 21 power plays on 158 opportunities, About a third of them have come in the last 10 games. If you do what the Flyers have now in the last 28 power play opportunities, they're at 25%, which Vancouver is at right now. A flat 25%, which is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're tied for eighth in the league. So that's the Jamie Drysdale effect that I'm talking about there.
0: That's yep. what it is. It's awesome. All right. That is going to do it. Episode 168 of Orange Backcheck. Make sure you are following us everywhere and everywhere on social media Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, all of that good stuff. OrangeBackCheck at gmail.com is where you can reach us. If you have a fan uh, mailbag question for us, we'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on all that is happening? Are the Flyers still a playoff contending team? Where do they land with the goalie situation? Let's hear your thoughts. Join us each and every week here on Orange Back Check. And until next week, we'll see you next time.